Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Today, what I want to talk about, we're going to continue the series about yesterday, today, and forever. And today's message is called, See You Tomorrow. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. But don't go anywhere yet. Okay? This is just a common expression, and it'll make sense in a little bit. But, uh, but I want to read to you this scripture here. In Matthew 14, verse 22, we'll start there. As soon as people, the people were fed. This is right at the end of the 5,000 people being fed with five loaves and two fish. Just a miraculous kind of picnic that took place. And everyone is fed. And Jesus told his disciples to get into the boat and to go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds were dispersed, Jesus went up into the hills to pray. And as night fell, he was there praying alone with God. But the disciples, ooh, do you feel it? You see it? Oh, I love this stuff. I'm sorry, I got distracted by my own analogy here. I like reading the Bible with those versions that have the cool stuff happening behind so you get a feel of it. Okay, but the disciples who were now in the middle of the lake ran into trouble. Say trouble. For their boat was tossed about with high winds and heavy seas. About four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the waves. Sometimes you get the idea that Jesus kind of walked on pond water. But this is the kind of stuff that he was walking on. Okay, because it was scary. Okay, so when the disciples saw him walking on the top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, it's a ghost. Then Jesus said, be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. I am here. Peter shouted out, Lord, so this is loud. He said, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water and Jesus simply replies okay come join me I just see him just so casual yeah sure come on and Jesus Jesus replied that and then so Peter stepped out on the water and he began to walk toward Jesus which is amazing but then when he realized how high the waves were and he became frightened and started to sink He says, Lord, save me, he cried out. And Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, what little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? That's a great thought. Why would you let doubt win? And at that very moment, they both stepped into the boat and the raging and wind ceased. Isn't that cool? This is like the way it happened. Then all the disciples crouched down before him and worshiped Jesus. And they said in adoration, you are truly the son of God. Another verse that we've been holding to has been the title of this series is Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I just give you praise. And again, Lord, I just yield myself that I would be able to deliver what you put in my heart 
for everyone here. But Lord, I pray for even the receivers, Lord, that we would be able to catch what you're saying. And Lord, let this connection take place by your spirit, Lord, and tailor bake everything that you need. Tailor make it to apply exactly to where they are, Lord. And we pray that your purpose is fulfilled in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so as we're talking about yesterday, today, forever, I just see this throughout this whole process. And we even see this in this last storyline where Jesus, he had just had this incredible time. The disciples had this incredible time of witnessing and eating a miracle. That was yesterday. But today, that was just yesterday. But today, they were in the middle, in trouble. You ever been in trouble? In the middle? Ever been in trouble in the middle and just yesterday you were eating a miracle, right? But then now today, isn't it amazing how, sh- how short our attention span is sometimes because we just ate a miracle and now, but I know that was good, God, but today I'm just going through it. I mean, that was good food, but today, right? And so here, here they are, the yesterday, today, but interesting that Jesus is already speaking to their tomorrow. What did he say? He said, get in the boat and cross over to the other side. The implication is go on over there. I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. It's okay. But somehow that's lost in that whole process because now they're on the waves and all the trouble is taking place and they're thinking they're going to die. And of course they saw a ghost, so that doesn't help any at all. And so all of this stuff is happening, right? And they're forgetting about Jesus already said, I have a plan. You go to the other side. That should be enough to know you're going to be okay because he said he would see us over there. All right. But here's this thing. We just kind of forget these kind of things when we're in the middle of it. But see, we agree with Hebrews 13, 8, yesterday, today, forever. We agree with that. And it's in our head. It's in our thoughts. But sometimes it doesn't go all the way down in revelation that carries us in life. Yesterday, today, forever. Yeah, he's been faithful yesterday. He is faithful today. Do I feel it? Am I going through some things? Maybe I don't see it with my eyes, but he is faithful with the day. But what about tomorrow, God? Are you going to be there tomorrow? I mean, I know you showed up before, but, 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 but what about tomorrow? Are you going to be there tomorrow? Those kind of thoughts kind of undermine our strength and our, our confidence. It's unsettled issues in our heart that is really like the tossing of the waves. And here's the thought. That would bring this home. It's in James chapter 1. It says this, if you need wisdom, and this is a nice way of saying, if you're crying out, what do I do? Anybody feeling like that? What do I do with this? What do I do with my kids? Right? What do I do with this crazy thing going on in my career? What do I do? It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Leave this up here for a second. But when you ask, make sure that your faith is in God alone. You ever talk to somebody that's asking for your your counsel, your advice, and they're looking at you and you're telling the advice and they're shaking their head, but you know that they're already thinking about what they're going to say next and they're not listening to you? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, And me, and me. You know, and you're like, just, okay, wait, stop. And really listen, because you're asking me for advice. I don't know about you. See, I get this a lot as pastors sometimes, right? 
It's just crazy. But, uh, but see, here's the thing. God, how many times is, that, is it that way with God? We're praying. God, I need an answer. I really genuinely, I need you. Give, give me your wisdom. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, okay, all right. Now I'm going to go out and get to my life and get this thing done. Figure it out myself. See, you guys are so funny like this. You leave me hanging with these thoughts like I'm the one that has all these issues or something, right? I'm trying to be real with you, okay? So, so here's the deal. We have these kind of struggles and everything, and I, I get it. Some of you are so spiritual that you never trip up on unbelief. That is amazing. We'll come and ask your counsel after service. But for everybody else, there's these times And God had to say, look, if you ask for my wisdom, make sure that you hang your faith completely on my wisdom at all. Not a mixture of you and me, but what you asked, if you hear from me, then do that. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty. Say divided loyalty. loyalty. I'm going to dig into this in a second. The one that has divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea. That is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. Between the way God sees things and the way a fallen humanity sees things. Between kingdom purposes and, you know, our reasoning. Which is not God's reasoning. And here is the, this is a struggle that we deal with all of the time because we're sorting out these thoughts and trying to land on what is truth in our lives. And the reality is we dig into the word. How many times do you dig into the word and you read the word and you realize it is in stark contrast to what you thought? Or at least the way that you're walking it out. And you realize, man, wow, I'm just seeing a different standard. God, how could that be? Well, I can't do it alone, but if you'll do it through me, then, okay, I can see that I can walk in your plan for my life. But it says divided loyalty between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Everything. Divided loyalty is a heart condition. I want you to see that. It's a heart condition. It causes you to be unsettled. See, here's the reality. We're just getting real with this because I don't know how you have felt, but I know in my life, I felt like some areas of my life, solid, solid. Settled in God, solid. Other areas, that's where the enemy messes with me a little bit. And I wonder, why did he choose to pick on me in that area? Why God is the enemy picking on me in that area? Well, he's not necessarily picking on me in that area. He's exploiting some unsettled part of my heart. He knows if he draws on something that I'm settled in God, there's nothing there for him to mess with. But he knows those areas that I still have. Let me be a little tinge of something, maybe from my past and past experiences that that have tried to unsettle me in those areas. But realize this, that if you have those divided loyalties in some area of your life, remember that it affects all areas. It says that person is unstable in all of their ways. So you can't think at this point like, yeah, I've got faith in this area and I'm good. This area, not so much. But you know, I do have this area solved, so I'll be all right. No, it has, it, it leeches. It, it bleeds. This, this unsettledness starts affecting every area. 
That's why it's a little bit more difficult sometimes to deal with things because you're thinking that you're dealing with something that, that you're just scratching the surface, but the depth of it was way over here, an unsettled issue, right? Pastor Lindsay dealt with this this last week, and it was just amazing. Yes, amazing message, and just really was open heart time and just realizing just to, uh, just to address some of these things. But I want to bring this back. And, uh, and just add on to this thought. Here, here's the implication with that last verse. You can come to a point where you are no longer moved by natural circumstances, no longer moved by ungodly narratives that you're surrounded with every day, and no longer moved or, 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 or uh, adjusted by shifting culture around you. Because right now our culture is not planted on eternal truths. It's moving with feeling. Right? You think you've seen weird now. Wait 10 years. It's moving. It's moving. It's moving. And here we are called to be a people of God that, that we find strong foundations. So here's something that I felt I wanted to give you a challenge. This is a challenge I really felt when I was preparing this, uh, just a good word, a timely challenge. Now is the time to settle divided loyalties in your soul. Now is the time. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Well, what is it, Pastor? I can't tell you. You know. I can't tell you. You know. But if there are certain areas in your life that maybe, hey, maybe, maybe you, you, you have a, a partial faith in healing because you prayed for other people, but when you go through a health crisis, you better know where you stand on the truth of God's word. Because that will save your life. No, you don't get it. See, if you haven't been through it, you don't understand how powerful that thought is. We have people sitting in this room that faith saved their life. Amen, Tracy, Chris. Saved their life. And when you go through something like that, there isn't anybody. That's going to be able to tell you, well, you know, I'm not sure that healing was covered in the, you know, Jesus sacrifice. You're like... You're out of your mind. The word says, and we've seen it. Will my God provide for me? If you're not settled in that, then the enemy is going to take advantage of that area. Now is the time. Say now. now. You're at now, church. Did you know that? Yeah, I love that. It's now. Now is the time to settle that. Here, here's the thing. And, and again, I'm just like, I feel like sometimes when we're just open with you, you have a way to just connect with us and realize that we're not superhuman as pastors. Guess what? We weren't born pastors. We, we, we kind of were created and molded into this, you know, and still working. God is still working. But uh, I, just, I just remembered in preparing this and, uh, and just really had a great conversation with my wife. We were talking about this the other day and just like I was, I was processing the word with her. And uh, we're remembering years ago that we had just really went through a series of hits and setbacks in our family, in our family, in our finances. There were just a bunch of stuff that happened. And, and I'm not saying that, that we weren't complicit. There was some stuff that we did, but there was also some stuff that was out of control that just hit. Guess what? Life is imperfect and life is not fair. You got it? So here is the thing. If you're at the point where you're like, you know, when you came to Jesus, that you were told that everything was going to be wonderful and you would never have any issues ever. I want to pop that bubble and bring reality, which is good news. It's good news. 
So don't rebuke, man. Don't shut down. But here's the thing. We went through some stuff and some real hits and setbacks, and it was some major challenges. It tested our faith. It shook our confidence, and in many ways, even personally, shook our confidence. And guess what? During this whole time, we're coming. Here you go. During this whole time, I was still pastoring you. Ha-ha. Ha-ha-ha. Here I am. Oh, my gosh. My life's falling apart. No, praise you. Bless you. Pray for you. Oh, praise God for your miracle. <laughs> That's grace. That's grace beyond our ability. So it tested us. It shook us. Uh, but here's the deal. There, it, it, it kind of manifests in years of walking this out. It kind of manifests in a stress and anxiety that we didn't know that was there. And, and this anxiety really started hitting me like in my sleep where I would sleep maybe three hours and then I would just, just wake up in a jolt because I'd have this crazy thought running through my mind about what about my future? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do in my future? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we, what are we going to do? What if, what if this? What if, what if that? Realize when you wake up in the middle of the night, your mind isn't even totally engaged. So sometimes I'd wake up and the feeling of anxiety was so real. It'd be like an hour and then I just finally pray through and calm down and be like, what in the world am I worried about? That wasn't even, that didn't even make sense. But I had these anxious tension dreams. And of course, I wasn't getting sleep. You know, so, uh, I mean, I'm like going to the doctor and finding out like, what do I do? Well, here's this supplement and here's this thing, you know, but that wasn't really the answer. It was part of, but, but this was going on and like, and, and so what we had to do is we realized that God was dealing, especially I'll own it with me. He was dealing with me about, do you trust me? Well, of course I trust you because the Bible tells me to. So, I mean, I know the scripture to trust God. I know, you know what I'm saying? No, you don't tell me. I know this, but I wasn't, you know, walking it out. Remember that? I wasn't walking it out. And so you know, I had some unsettled issues down there that I didn't address. And I needed to address this thing of God dealing with me about, do you trust me for your future? Do you trust me? Can, do you see yourself as laying your whole life in my hands and trusting that you don't have to work it out? I don't know about you. See, I'm a fixer. I fix things. That might be part of my epitaph. I fix, I fix things. But God is wanting that area of my life to know that he's supreme in that area, right? And so during this process, I got to tell you, during this process, it, there were just so many hits. My wife, Bonnie, she explained it this way. She was just like, you know what it felt like in that time? It felt like we were hit hard and we fell down. And just when we were getting up and, and getting our ground, getting our, our, our thought back, you know, a clarity of thought, then we got hit again. And then we come back and we're in this daze and we got hit again. And then when we stepped back up, we started having this process of restoration. But in the process, it didn't feel real yet. Like God was doing good things in our life in restoration. But the good things, they were, they were small and we were celebrating, but it didn't like really seep in because we still had the effect of being knocked down. It was like being punch drunk, you know? And so God started restoring. As we said, we trust you. Our, we put our faith in you for our future. Then God started doing miraculous things. We had a series of wins. 
And now I look back on it and I can see the strategery. That's a word of how God did this. He like he did this miracle to position us for this miracle, to position us for this miracle, to position us for this miracle. And we saw that there was just this, this breakthrough, this adding on, this multiple, it wasn't adding, it was multiplying blessing in our lives. And, and see, when you're down, you don't see that. But God was bringing this series of wins. And he even helped us to change our mindset a little bit because through when you're hit in a series like that, you can become a little critical, a little pessimistic. Right? Is the glass half empty? Half full. You know, I mean, honestly, I felt like there was a part of me. I still kind of fight it. There's a part of me that'd be like, you know, the glass isn't empty, half empty, but it's not half full. It's right in the middle. It's right in the middle. I feel like this reasoning to say it's in the middle. So we have a place to go. We're not as bad as we used to be, but we were getting better. So we're right here, you know, rather than just living in, Hey, God is good. Look what all he's doing. You see what I'm saying? So here's this process. It's a process. It's a process. But we should be optimistic about God's promises for good. Listen to Jeremiah 29, 11. You know this verse. Uh, maybe you know this verse. If you don't, you should. For I know the plans I have for you, the Lord says. They are plans of good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. And I needed that. And I held on. That was one of my life words that, that gave me life during that time. No, he has Good for me. Something, a good future, a good hope. I held on to that. And then check it out. Then what happens is we, we tend to, we want to skip to the good parts in life. Like we want a verse that we can take out of any portion of the Bible that speaks exactly the way we want. Come on. If you've been walking with Jesus for a little bit, you get this. I'm going to find a good verse. So well, that's my verse because it's so good. Right? But then check this out. See, we try to skip to the good parts. I, 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 wanted to, I told my wife, I already got permission to, to, to talk about this, about her. Because, and I, I tell you, she has so many endearing qualities that I love. And one of them that I enjoy watching, and it's so funny, is she has this thing about she, when she reads a book, she, she, is, she doesn't start the book without going to the end and, and reading the conclusion and then she's okay with starting the rest of the book. Because she will absolutely hate, hate, hate going through that whole book and get to the end and, and have a bad ending. Some of you, right? Some of you? Okay, listen. We watch Netflix series sometimes. Series? Yeah, yeah. And so we're watching this thing, right? You know how it has all these you know, slides of the future, you know, the, the, the next episode. So we're like watching this. I'm watching one of the episodes, you know, and it's, oh, you know, all this stuff is happening. Main character is in trouble. I'm looking over like, oh, no, what's going to happen? <laughs> I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay to go through the storyline and, and live it, right? But, but she's just like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like... You looked ahead, didn't you? You looked ahead. Yes, every time she looks ahead, when the tension gets away, she looks ahead. I'm like, okay, maybe that's biblical. Maybe she's looking ahead in the word and finding a way, you know, to settle her. But, you know, here's the thought. We, here's the thing. We feel like we want to look ahead so it gives us a little more security. Like, we're going to be okay if we just know what's going to happen. 
Maturity tells us in Scripture we have to pan out a little and see the promises in context. So let's go back to Jeremiah verse 10. It says, this is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. No, Jesus, I didn't want that. That's not my promise. (laughs) He says, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I promised. I will bring you home again. For I know the plans that I have for you. There it is. Says the Lord, plans for good, not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days, you will pray and I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you home again to your own land. Isn't that such a good promise? We don't like the Babylon part, but we like all the promises. You know, again, we just think if we could only know what's coming, I could better prepare for it. I've said that as well. If I could only know what's coming, then I can better prepare for it. What is that? That's that fix it. I can fix it. I can fix it. I can fix it. But, but God isn't dealing with us in those terms. Realize that God hasn't, has, has God given anybody your whole life plan? Rolled it out? Just to assure you so you wouldn't be nervous. Right? Doesn't he love me? Does he want me to be anxious? No, there's a better way. Check, it, check this out. See, God doesn't see time like we see time. Do you know that? Here's, here's a great uh, metaphor used by C.S. Lewis to explain how God handles time. He said, imagine an author writing a story. He can write the characters and events into the storyline as he wishes. He can put pen down and come back in a month and pick, it up, and pick up the narrative because he knows exactly where he's going. But for us as readers, it's step by step. It's moment, this moment to the next. We don't know where it's going. So the author transcends the time of the story. That's God. He transcends the time of our story. He transcends all of our life. He transcends the life of our grandparents, our parents, us, generations to follow. He transcends all of that. That's why it doesn't seem like God is worried when we're worried about stuff. Because he's not. He's He's the author of this story. If we can't know everything that will happen tomorrow, where can we find that sense of security, stability, peace? Really, just to, just to be honest in this moment, in the middle of this, how many of you have had that feeling of the fear about tomorrow? Yeah? Enough people saying, yeah, yeah. Some of you bold enough to raise your hand. Okay. Those of you that are raising your hand, guess what? Everyone else around you is too. Some point, what will happen? What will we do? Right? All of these things. The security we crave only comes from the presence of the author and finisher. At first I put in knowing the author and the finisher, but that's not enough. It's the presence of the author and finisher. If the author and finisher transcends time, if I'm with him, I'm going to be okay. Because he's the one that's the author and finisher. If I'm with him, I'm okay. 
This is exactly why Peter stepped out on water. I don't think it was, you know, some, some complex situation. All he simply said was, Jesus, is that you? Yes. Well, tell me to come where you are. Come on. Okay, Peter, Peter decided, if I am with Jesus on the waves in a perilous situation, if I'm just with him, I'm okay. That's the safest place to be. That's what he was saying. That was his decision. But check it out. He still had unsettled issues because he got out there and he realized the waves are so high. I mean, I know I'm walking on water, which is miraculous, but the waves, isn't it harder to walk on waves? See what I'm saying? This is a reality that, you know, the enemy had a way to just kind of working in him. But look at this. In, in Exodus 34, 6, I want to share with you something powerful, another thought as we're finishing this up. Ooh, here I go. Ready? Put on your seatbelt. It's going to be fast. Exodus 34, 6. It says, the Lord passed by, passed by him, Moses, and proclaimed the Lord. He introduced himself. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in loyal love and faithfulness. This is how God explained or described himself. And here's this thought. Faithfulness, that word faithfulness, it's a word called emet. Emet, emet. And this emet is really cool because sometimes in the word it's translated faithfulness and sometimes it's translated truth. But the point is it's both. It's a truth that's so solidly true that it is faithful. And God said, that's what I am. And here's the thing. This word emet, which means faithful and true, emet has to do with stability, reliability, and trustworthiness. I wish I could say I came up with all this, but I stole it from another video. But here you go. Emet is what you see in the Old Testament where many people had a moment where they decided to believe God rather than their circumstances. They emet. I read something. I received something from God, and it's solid in me. And I'm going to build my life on it. Let me say emet and have you stomp your feet. Emet. It's something solid tangible. It's not just a thought. It's not just a theory. It's something solid. I've built my life on emet. That's why, that's why I won't be shaken. That last worship song, I'm like, Is he you guys worship that song, and I'm thinking emet, emet, emet. Solid foundation. Here's a good Scripture that talks about it. Proverbs 18.2. The Lord is my rock. Emet. Stomp. Okay, I'm getting you in this. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress, my savior, my God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. He goes on in verse 31. He says, for who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? He met. Throughout the Bible, you'll see people that were in the waves of uncertainty in the natural. They were in it. They were called in the midst of it. They had nothing in the natural to find stability. It was chaos. And yet, you see, they have a revelation of God 
It's all this instability, but emet. And they chose to believe God is trustworthy, and they lived their life according to that promise. In the midst of the chaos, they found stability. Oh, man. I got one last verse for you. You get one last verse? One last verse? Ephesians 2. This is a great verse. One of my favorite verses because it just, it brings promise, but it also relieves the pressure of religious striving. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good works or things we have done. So none of us have a right to boast, for we are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. God's timing is all over this. It's what he did in salvation for you before you even came on the earth, but then he knew you before you came on the earth, and then he has plans for you in your future that he's created for, and he's been in all those spots. He's the author. He's transcended the time. And there was another, uh, uh, there was another uh, uh, praise worship track I was listening to when I was actually writing this, and as soon as I was writing it, it was like God just dropped a, a verse from, a, from a, a, a song that was playing at the time. I didn't even know the song. The first time I heard the song. And it was literally playing the same time I was writing this. It says, it was uh, your presence is a promise. And uh, the line goes, uh, my God is ever faithful. Your word has taught me well. I will not fear the future if you're already there. And I was just writing this in the notes saying, God is already in your future. He's already in your future. Don't stop yet. You got to pull on this because this is the most powerful point of the message right here. Listen to this. It's not that he will be there for you. Will be there is assuming that he dwells in the same timeline as we do. He doesn't. Know the I am is already there. He is, he is in times past. He's now and he is now already in the future. When you get to tomorrow, he's there. When you get to tomorrow, he's already been there. Why? Because he's already prepared for you things that you're going to walk out in. The rest of your life, he's already been there. He's already there. What will I do? What about tomorrow? He's there already. On that kind of promise, on that kind of promise, we can emit we can solidly believe. So what are you building your life on? Are you building your life on fear of what may happen? Because there's plenty of ideas of what may happen. But are you building your life on that emet? God is faithful. He's already been. He is now. But he's already in my future working it out. Amen. Pastor Lindsay, can you help? He's already in the future working it out. I want to pray for you right now. Let's just do this. Anyone that this has been a struggle lately, maybe it's not loss of sleep, but it has been something that you've been wrestling with about you've had a genuine fear, anxiety about what will happen. Maybe it's in relations. Maybe it's business. And at times you have lost your peace concerned about what will be. 
If that's you, I want you to just stand up right now, wherever you are. If that's you, you've been dealing with it. I was just wide open. I just tell you, I dealt with it. I dealt with it. But this is a moment where we settle it. This is a moment where it's that emit. God is with me. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to tease and mess with me any longer. I'm settling that issue in this moment. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your presence. Just receive his presence. Lord, we just thank you for your presence now in the room. You've been the God that was and is and forever will be. And Lord, we just declare we trust you. Just say that, I trust you. I trust you with my future. Lord, you said you've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. You've never seen them. Never seen them forsaken. Lord, that you're always with us. You always will be with us. Settle this issue in our heart and our soul in Jesus' name. We cast down that anxiety and that fear. In Jesus' name, we cast down that fear of the future. And Father, we pray peace. And we declare, Lord, that you have good things ahead of us planned for us. That you set them aside. Good things you set aside specifically for us to walk in. Lord, and we give you praise for what you're doing in the future. Now just lift up your hands. And we give up the weight, the concern, the care, the worry. We give it up. We give up the sleeplessness. We give up the anxiety. We give it up now in the name of Jesus. We exchange that now for your peace. We exchange that now for knowing that you are with us. We exchange that now knowing that admit we can build our life completely on you. And we will not be ashamed if we stand in faith in you. We will not be ashamed. We will not be ashamed. Shame, go in the name of Jesus. Shame, go in Jesus' name. Pain from past failure, go in the name of Jesus. And freedom, come. Faith, come. Help us to believe the goodness of God in the land of the living. And we praise you, Lord, in this moment. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God our praise. Oh, man. Woo. I love it being able to share this with you. So thank God for it. We have great things ahead of us. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.